0: Hello, I'm Adam Bema, a journalist and media trainer living in Yangon. On this week's episode of Southeast Asia Dispatches, I speak to Tinzar Shunlei Yi and Meng Son Ka about freedom of expression in Myanmar. Tinzar Shunlei Yi is advocacy coordinator at Action Committee for Democracy Development. Meng Son Ka is executive director of Athan, a group promoting free expression and press freedom. Aten has documented violations of fundamental freedoms in Myanmar over the last four years under the National League for Democracy government led by Aung San Suu Kyi. The three of us met in Yangon. Okay, first, can I just have you both introduce yourselves?
1: This is Tinsha Songlei. I currently work at Action Committee for Democracy Development as an advocacy coordinator.
2: This is Maung Ka. I'm working for attend called the BWISE, Vietnam expression Organization in Myanmar. Great. Well,
0: thank you both for joining me today. First, I wanted to start off with, uh, it's been four years of a National League for Democracy Government, and the last four years, freedom of expression, freedom of the press, how has it gone here in Myanmar? Maybe I'll start with you, Tien mm-hmm. Zha <laughs>
1: Um, So generally, as we see, uh, based on the facts and figures we are um, looking at, that uh, we are we are having uh, nearly 600 political prisoners right now in the country, and the number is growing every month. At the same time, the situation of the freedom of expression is is deteriorating. As we can see, that um, that the main perpetrator of the violations uh, of the freedom of expression is the government itself, and and also we can see the l'ordre, the parliament, they fail to amend. Uh, Important uh, laws and 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 policy. So we see the situation is getting worse, and one year to uh, election, it will get worse.
0: In Monsonka, your organization, Atan Freedom of Expression Organization, you just recently released a report that documents the last four years. What are some of the most worrying things in that report?
2: And the freedom of expression um, movement. So there, there are. A totally, five hundred and thirty-nine lawsuits. Uh, again, no less than one thousand and fifty-one individual. I mean, in in full year, in terms of the NND government
0: Right now, your organization was founded in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, how have you been able to document uh, since twenty sixteen? And you do say that, yeah, five hundred and thirty-nine cases over around one one thousand and fifty-one people. How have you been able to gather these statistics and how does it differ from the previous administration of, of the USDP, the Union Solidarity Development Party, under Theng Seng's government?
2: Uh, honestly, uh, we can't get that data from, from, from the previous government. We found our organization founded on 2018, January, but uh, we can collect the, the old data since 2016. So uh, by by using that, that digital media and also, uh, you know, all new people something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And then some of the INGOs, the international yeah. non-governmental organizations that have been monitoring Myanmar yeah. since two thousand and ten up until two thousand and
2: fifteen. Yeah. Uh, and and another one is we are we don't want to compare with the the USDB government. So we just want to compare with that international standard i mean international standard mean human right law
0: yeah right you don't want to compare the nld with the previous government under the usdp you want to hold it accountable for all of the violations against freedom of expression that have taken place in the last four years
2: yes definitely
1: the most targeted uh, individual were the activists and the journalists also we see the um, farmers walk around the site and um, and also the other different public civilians were also targeted for their uh, dissent voices on the social media or on digital platforms they also got charged and sued by the parliamentarians and the government as well but when the authorities charge or charge the um, journalists it impact a lot because the media in the in the country this like growing is growing um, every year but at the same time when they were charged when they were when they were oppressed that way they feel they are threatened they feel they're oppressed then they will censor themselves and they will impact a lot on our media freedom as a whole in the country the prominent case that we witnessed was the writers journalists they were sentenced like you know, nearly ten years, and then they will, uh, they were released right after that. But this the, is
0: Walloon and Walon Chosau.
1: Walloon and, and Chosau, yeah. So they were young journalists, and they exposed the the exodus. I mean, they exposed the massacre in the Arakan State, which is very um, in Indian village, in, in Indian village, and in Rakhine State, and and they were um, mainly targeted by authority, especially the military. And at the same time, they got a lot of hate threat and you know hate speech uh, by the uh, general public and Thank you. This is like a shocking time for many young generation who who, um, who believe in freedom of expression, freedom of press. When the government itself used these oppressors' law to um, oppress the dissent, again, the civil society became really silent. So now we have the COVID-19 situation, so government have more upper hand to actually, you know, restrict our civil space. When they are trying to uh, organize themselves for a protest or for a, a political course If there are more than five people, they can be charged or they can be taken away anytime with these COVID-19 instruction and
0: order. Now, you yourself are a human rights activist, and you've also faced charges for some of your peaceful activism. You've also gone to court with some of the uh, members of the Peacock Generation, who are traditional Burmese tanjat street performers who were arrested in April and May of 2019. And I know they've gone through the court system and have received uh, a sentence of two, a few of them have received a sentence of two and a half years. I know they're facing quite a few charges, and they might be facing even more. What's the current situation from uh, from what you know about the Peacock generation?
1: This is a clear example how the military is dominating, you know, our legal system in the country. They already go up our hand with the law, like in the peanut Code. There is an article that military can use this anytime they believe, um, you know, they are... If they believe they feel threat or uh, they feel threatened or the they um, they're being crit- criticized by the outside uh, civilians then they will use this article anytime they want so once they sued the any individual with this article they will be put in jail first before they prove they are Um, their innocence. So this is what is happening. So uh, based on the ETHAN report, only 10% of the uh, violations of the law were uh, the perpetrators, were the military, and 49% were the government. But um, the the military cases were even stronger. Like once they um, sue, anybody can be put in jail first, at least two years in prison. So with this Pico Generation, satirical group, the young people, young satirists, they've been... performing like for seven years, seven consecutive year in every uh, water festival that we have as a traditional Tanja performance. Which is the Buddhist
0: New Year every April.
1: Yes, and then um, only um, only last year, they were charged by the military because military think it is sensitive. The military feels sensitive and they charge it. And they face, uh, they have to, uh, uh, spend their time in prisons now more than a year already and we're not sure when they will actually get out and this is very worrying for us.
0: Now mong Song ka. Along with the Peacock Generation, I know in 2016, because they were charged with under Section 66D of the 2013 telecommunications law, and I know in the ATHAN report, the telecommunications law seems to have been used a lot in the last four years. You were also charged and jailed under the telecommunications law in 2015, so under the previous government, for a poem that you had written. Is it being used more frequently?
2: The telecommunication law was amended in 2017 August. The amendment is like, you know, for sure, and they just reduce the printing time from three years to two years. So according to the uh, law procedure, the maximum printing time is two years, and then uh, after amendment of the telecommunication law, uh, everyone can get the pay. So this is the, the only good thing. Right. So that when you were
0: but, right, when you were jailed, to, there wasn't yes. any bail. Yeah. But now people can can receive then, bail yes. under this charge. Okay.
2: Yes. But even though if you get the bail, so you ha- if you have to face the trial, you have to go to the cop every week. You know, uh, even though you are not in the jail, so you are outside, but you have to go to the court for the trial every week. We are we demand to to the parliament to abolish the 6060. Uh, we have a defamation law in the Penal Code right. uh, five, uh, 500, so, and then we don't need another defamation, not only 6060, but also law protected in the privacy and the uh, security of the citizen law.
0: Like you say, under the Penal Code, yeah. Section 500, expressly uh, is a defamation yes. law, and it's criminal defamation, I believe.
2: All of the defamation are the criminal. So in our country, we have six defamation law. So including six defamation law, including 500 from Penal and we have to. Overview all the cis defamation law and then five of them are we have to, you know, abolish
0: the Penal Code section 505a or 505b is what was used against the some of the members of the peacock generation?
2: A. A.
0: 505a five, along five, with five, article uh, 6060 of the 2013 telecommunications law.
2: So mm-hmm. for the ordinary people They can only use the 50, 500 mm-hmm. from Penal So mm-hmm. so 505a and b are are the only, uh the only the government and military can only use
0: right and so the, so that they tend to be used more than any other laws because yeah. ci, you know civilian citizens don't really use these laws often unless they feel like they've been defamed by someone else whereas you say the the military and the government tend to use their these laws quite a bit to go after its critics
2: five, five a and 55b are they can't get the pay, so military or government, and uh, you know, they
0: don't. It, they're not going to get financial compensation from yes. you. You just basically get charged if you're convicted. You go to prison.
2: Yes. So uh, government sue uh, sue uh, you, and you have to go jail directly, mm-hmm. and then and uh, you you have to face the the trial through the J. Right.
0: And also in the 2013 telecommunications law, there's section 77. Yeah. That's the one that's being used to shut down the internet in oh townships in Rakhine State and Chin State. I believe it's eight townships altogether?
2: Yes, eight townships. Uh, uh, seven townships from Rakhine and one township from Chin State.
0: It's been one year, over one year now as of June that one, this...
2: One year and one month, exactly. Right,
0: one year and one month. Yes. And on the one-year anniversary, there was, a, there was a banner unfurled in Yangon that... That asked a very important question, like is the internet being shut down to to hide, you know, war crimes or to hide murder? This is a question that I'm sure many people have, but I do know that the they took they took that very seriously and uh, and have accused you of that. Now I don't want you to incriminate yourself at all. <laughs> I just wanted to ask. I mean. Uh, what is the, the situation in regards to that banner that was unfurled that raised awareness about the one-year anniversary of the internet shutdown in Rakhine and Chin states?
2: Uh, so for a related with my case, uh, you know, they assume me and another four people. They just know me and, you know, uh, they... They are, assumed you were the sole responsible... Yes, yes. and then they have my picture uh, and, you know, did. Someone
0: took a picture of you doing it.
2: Yes, okay. yes. That there's someone, uh, uh, maybe the special brands, you know. So one of the special brand on on the on the bridge, and right. so sort of this is the bridge down by Sule Pagoda
0: downtown, center of the downtown of Yangon.
2: Yes, yes. And the protest is very, you know, flashed. and we sort of like a flash mob, flash, very flash quickly, flash, very quickly, and throw and, you know, the
0: banner, and, yeah. say a few things, and then move on.
2: Yes, yeah in In the legal uh, legal final view, so they can and uh, sue with their uh, assembly law you know we are not doing assembly we are not doing uh, like a uh, shouting or or not saying the man we just put in and go go away and you know so, so you think
0: this case will ultimately be thrown out of court
2: this is they can sue with any other law for, for this movement. This is not protect. This is not assembly. I mean, so, so according to the legal view, we'll, we'll, our defense is like that. I mean, but also oh, they charge
0: you under the peaceful assembly, assembly
2: law. Yes, law. Okay. peaceful assembly law. And, and that
0: what about violating COVID-19 restrictions? Did they mention anything about that?
2: According to our instruction, the, the government instruction, uh, you can of a gathering okay, of okay, more, are than are more than five so we are just fight and we are faced on the law
1: i think the situation of renal expressions shrink in time in especially in conflict area and especially in the COVID period so um it's it's also um, risky for the human rights defender, especially free free rights activists such as Mao Kha and other different activists. Um, we feel we are locked down inside the country. We can't flee or fly out of the country, you know, to a freer society. You know, you are being forced to stay home and you are being locked down inside your country. Anything can happen.
0: Right, and do you think that the government's priorities are in the wrong place because they should focus more on you know, monitoring hate speech online and mis- and disinformation that's being shared when police are, you know, arresting peaceful protesters or someone who's unfurling a banner that, uh, you know, is raising awareness in society about what's happening. Why the attention? Because I believe in 2018, when there was an escalation of violence in Kachin State, you and many um, civil society activists came out into the streets of Yangon, Michina, many cities around the country and, and asked to stop the fighting and allow the those who were displaced in Kachin State to, you know, to be safe and return to their homes. Um, so it seems like there's, you know, there's the wrong priorities, maybe, like, I don't want to blame the National League for Democracy in Aung San Suu Kyi, but maybe the priorities aren't quite there. And they're not quite adjusting quickly enough to the changing reality on, on the streets of every town and city in Myanmar.
1: The Yan activists, the Yen Burmese, the majority, you know, uh, ethnicity, we stand up, we stood up with the minority ethnicity in Kachin State. So it's, a, it's an act of reconciliation, it's an act of peace that we Yan generation share the same pain, just like in Kachin, just like in Rakhine, we do this as this, this a solidarity act. But um, also, we demand civil war, like stop civil war. We demand for the Pinlong Peace Conference because it was delayed that time, and we asked immediate um, you know, dialogue between the, between the con- uh, different uh, stakeholders. And then what happened? Uh, we found out ourselves, we, are, we were surrounded by different policemen, like around 100 policemen fully M and fully equipped to, um, you know, oppress us. There were a water canoe ready to disperse our peaceful protest and so we felt we really threatened. In the middle of Yango, we were beaten up and we were dragged to, um, you know, J lock up in 24 hours and then we found out ourselves, we were charge. So we already gone through two years, two years long legal process, the court, court process, court cases. But we try all, everything we can, you know, given our citizen rights, we uh, we complain this this charge by the government isn't fair, it's against the constitution, against their own right. law. But we, our case was dismissed in the Supreme Court in Nibiru. You know, our lawyer represented us and we submitted the case. So this clearly show even that um, Peaceful Assembly case is more. but it was not even, you know, it couldn't even reach to the top, and it was, it wasn't dismissed. So we lost trust in the legal system inside the country. The young generation might feel the same. Like um, we can see, the most threatened, the most threatened um, states in the country is Rakhine State and Kayah Karen State and Gachin State. So. This is worrying for our future as well. Um, so the the ethnic people they feel threatened. Ethnic young people they don't believe in the you know the the authorities anymore. And this is you know getting them into a corner situation is not good for the reconciliation process in the country. So we we must say that freedom of expression is very basic ground that we have to form before or everything else there is no freedom of expression, then there is no democracy, there is no federal, there is no reconciliation. So we need to make sure that our government, new government coming in and they need to understand this this clearly.
0: So all of these laws have been used to stifle freedom of expression in Myanmar. And yeah, so what do you see, I'll, I'll make this my last question, how do you see a future government, because many are expecting the National League for Democracy to form, to continue on, to be reelected as the next government, and Aung San Suu Kyi to remain the leader of that government as State Counselor and, and probably still Foreign Minister, um, but also as uh, as people want to believe the moral, you know the moral authority in Myanmar. Um, how do you see the next four years playing out under an NLD government in regards to freedom of expression?
1: We are idealists that we're trying to go for our goal that you know, the government will respect the rights of the people. And I think, uh, I think we need to remind the government itself their main duty is to protect the right to make sure they fulfill our rights fully as possible. Regarding these law amendments, we were not that ambitious enough, actually. Back in 2015, as we can uh, we, uh, we can look back, we see the new government might have lost those obstacles under the 2008 constitution uh, with the 25% military quarter in the parliament. We already expected that what will come, you know, what will come out of it. But uh, we were so realistic when we were advocating for. The legal amendment regarding the freedom of expression laws and stuff, we didn't even, you know, we're not um, asking the two thousand eight constitution amendment. Uh, We are asking different um, um, small actions, just like freedom of expression laws. These laws are violating our very basic right. Would you amend? Would you edit? Would you um, abolish? And they didn't meet these at these very basic, you know. uh, amendment process, so that's the problem. And that's what we can say to the uh, to the international community. We were not that um, idealistic, you know, with the NLD government. Um, so with the new government coming in and so in the parliament, we feel like. First, they need to learn what is freedom of expressions. I think that's what they are lacking. They don't have a very basic clear ground on, or uh, understand. You know, not just learn what is it, but also believe in how important it is for our government, especially uh, for our Myanmar, uh, for a country uh, living in inside, uh, living in under the military regime for many decades. It's really. An Um, It's a very basic foundation that we have to lay out. So regarding the law amendment, they don't even need to uh, even write themselves. We already been spawn feeding them. You know how to amend? What to amend? According to the basis uh, international standards? According to what is the real context inside the country? We've been doing a lot of these advocacy. They can just have to eat that. You know, we after we spawn feed, but they didn't do it. So that's the main problem: the political will of the government and the the real conviction that they they should have um, um, as a country, as a government, as a parliament parliamentarian.
0: And. At Afan, Freedom of Expression Organization, how do you see the next four years? Since you've documented the last four years under the National League for Democracy and Aung San Suu Kyi, how do you see the next four years in regards to freedom of expression?
2: We can amend telecommunication law, we can amend privacy law, we can amend assembly law. If, if you want to change constitution, you, have, uh, you, had, you need permission from the military. That's, and that's really, not likely to happen you know, with
0: the military having 25 percent of seats in parliament. Yes.
2: So, but the enemy can change the, another law. So, so why don't he do? They do that, you know. Why don't they do that? This is yeah. my question. And uh, how can how we can believe on that coming um, coming new government?
0: So yeah, you're saying more small changes. Yeah, try to fix these laws or get rid of those laws yeah. that are that are stifling freedom of expression do that and, you know, build a truly democratic society. One day, hopefully, you know, yeah. the constitution will be changed and it will be a truly democratic society. And allow- the news media will be allowed to, uh, to freely operate yeah. uh, responsibly because as we've seen, because your report came out on freedom of expression, but also the Reporters Without Borders, Pr- World Press Freedom Index has ranked yeah. Myanmar Going down in the last three years, pretty much since 2017, when Wallon and Chauveau were arrested, the two Reuters reporters charged under the Official Secrets Act.
2: There are 67 journalists charged under that, under, under the several law. I mean,
0: 67 out of the whole 400 or 539 that you've uh, documented.
2: Yes, uh, uh, for, uh you know, 60, 67 journalists uh, was charged.
0: And those 67 are all mentioned in your yeah, report, yes, along with the 539, oh, well. the activists and uh, the defenders of yes. uh, freedom of expression in Myanmar. So
1: I would, I would just name the previous four years as a waste and missed opportunity for the NLD government because they were mainly the majority party ever happened you know in our lives the first time like the first time in the history that they received 80 percent you know and 78 percent in both houses so they were actually they can do a lot with these numbers and they even adopt a new law just like state councillor law they adopted within like a few months and they just you know passed it in the parliament but to amend these small changes in different laws. It takes years and years, and a lot of advocacy trip didn't happen. Municipal society, they were blocked not to meet any member of parliament. So I just feel, and um, I just feel it's a missed opportunity for all of us. And the next coming election, we don't believe NLD would want that landslide again. And we will see how how would it be.
0: Yeah, I I suppose that, uh, you know, they would argue that you know, this was the first time we were allowed to govern, you know, after winning in 1990, not being allowed to take power. Now, in 2015, the National League for Democracy was allowed finally to take power, to take its place as the government. But I'm sure they see things moving a lot slower than some of the younger people in Myanmar society, like yourself, like uh, Mong Ka here. So just to present their viewpoint that I'm sure they... Well, I hope that they would want to work on these issues in the future. They see things moving a lot slower. They're also a little bit older and uh, may not be around for a very long time. They may be replaced with younger members, so things might change in the future. Hopefully in the next four years. We'll see. Well, thanks to the both of you for joining me today.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks to Tinzao Shunleyi and Meng Ka for joining me on this week's episode of Southeast Asia Dispatches. Next week, be sure to tune in to New Narratives Political Agenda, a fortnightly podcast series on current affairs in Singapore. And check out newnarrative.com for more stories from Southeast Asia. And if you enjoy what New Narrative does, please do support this by becoming a member at newnarrative.com/join. Membership starts at just 52 US dollars a year. That's just 1 US dollar a week. Or you can donate at newnarrative.com/donate. This is Adam Bema wishing everyone a great week ahead. Thanks for listening.